Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to Secret Friends Unite, episode 436. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, joined by the dance crew of SFU. That's Mr. Charlie Carden. And Kate Wynn. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? That's the great part about video is you get yes. to see you never know what's going to happen. Um, you might want to see one of Charlie's gremlins that knocks over his action figures. Oh, uh, may have an action cat show up. I don't know. It's dogs this week. She's dog sitting. Oh, so. dogs. Yeah, okay. It's dogs this week. I had, I, had, I, had to, I had to suss out a cat before I have one cat that always seems to be down here when I close the door. So uh, but I got rid of her. Away she went, got unbroken silence. So, but yeah, here we go. We're headed into, yeah, Kay, no intro to our show is complete unless we start talking about the weather. Uh, we're going to hit the 90s here in Michigan. Todd's getting, it's 100 out there in the Twin Cities. It's scorching. Yes. It's just like why I moved to Minnesota. I like the heat. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, if you want to talk about heat, there's nothing hotter than our patreon that's right uh since january we have been creating great bonus content k has uh, often been a part of it as well as some of the other people that you're gonna hear about on this list but if you visit patreon.com not patreon.com don't misspell it like i do go there uh, but patreon.com slash secret friends unite you can actually try out uh our patreon for one week for free choose any tier and you will get access to our content uh and uh patreon is made possible by our generous benefactors on the best buds level jamie prinky and our esteemed bffs that would be the nias family sean stella and henry my dear friend and k's missy merchant and her pal andy milliken we are very grateful for what you guys do for us again visit patreon not patreon.com slash secret friends unite to check that out but with no, without further ado. Well, in, I, uh, okay. I just wanted to mention because uh, we did this on co-op mode. We we talked a little bit about the strike just up front. About, you know, Secret Friends Unite. Every podcast is going to have within SFU. It's going to have their own individual stance. How they cover uh, materials, uh, content, things like that, um, which is important for every creator to have an individual voice with that. But SFU as a whole. We support SAG-AFTRA and the WGA. It's day 81 for the writers and day 12 for the actors. Uh, we have taken uh, Patreon funds that we've gotten, got, uh, received, and <laughs> donated to the entertainment community. This is not just for when they're at strike. This is for every day when actors who are struggling just to survive need to make ends meet. This helps. Same with writers. Um, I heard a fact that uh, unless you have earned over $26,000 as an actor, you do not get healthcare support from SAG-AFTRA. So that's how difficult it is. Um, and I also saw an actor from Abbott Elementary. He showed one of his um, uh, residual checks, three cents. Mm-hmm. That's that's that, I don't even know that you can cash a check like that. I, I I see a lot of those all the time. A lot of these Star Trek actors, twelve cents, twenty four cents. You know, yeah, it's it, it's uh, it's not a long lasting thing. So these, uh, you know, we've been talking for months uh, about our support for these folks. We wholly stand behind them. And Todd, you've provided in the show notes uh, a link uh, to the entertainmentcommunity.org for people who also want to donate. So please definitely take a look at that. Um, and we hope the strike is resolved quickly so these people can get what they need. So. Mm-hmm. Without, without further ado, um, 
moving along. October 1962. Um, and boy, what a bummer that Crisis wiped this out. Now, this is Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. Very problematic title. Is that the name of the comic or is this just Superman and they slid that in there for a special deal? I don't know. Take some take some research. But it was feature- a comic, Charlie. It was like the- Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, this is Lois Lane's comic, but you had to put Superman's girlfriend in. You know, to speak so people knew, I guess. Oh my gosh. Not Pulitzer Prize winning reporter Lois Lane or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yep. no, no. Yep. Her entire her entire identity <laughs> is about being a and a girlfriend, two words too. So gotta keep it casual. Uh, uh anyway, this comic is featuring Lana Lang's romance with Superman three. Okay. Um, and my favorite thing about comics from the sixties, uh, the fifties and sixties is all of the exposition Superman three off to the right where, uh, Superman and Lois are statues. Superman three, I'm assuming says, marry me, Lana, and I will give you superpowers just as my ancestor, the original Superman gave them to his wife, Lois Lane and her thought bubble. How ironic. If I said, yes, I'll be marrying the descendant of my former rival, Lois Lane. Now. Okay. How old is Lana in this? She is a <laughs> she is an immortal. She's a vampire. Um, so is this Lana Lang three? Lana Lang. Right, that's what I was. I was so confused. I'm like, there is so much going on here because I'm like, oh, it's in the future. Wait, Lana Lane is in it. Okay, so it's in the present. Why are there three Supermans? <laughs> uh, the third I mean, one, one would assume. Yeah, so that's like it's Superman the third. Is that like you know Ed Bagley Jr. or Whoa. is he a junior? At the statues, if you look at there's like placards and it says the original 20th century Superman. And then it, I love the I love I love Lois original Superman super wife. Super Miss, wife. Yes. Miss, Mrs. Lois Superman. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's not his last name. Oh my God, exactly. Yeah, it's like Spider-Man. Leo Spider-Man, my dentist. <laughs> so weird. Super is his first name? Yes. So, and last name is just man. So, is her last name is man. Her last name is just man. Whoa, whoa, man. Wait, does that mean that their son would be Mr. Man Jr.? (laughs) That sounds sounds like something off the combo menu at Arby's. Mr. Man Uh, Jr. Okay, sidebar, fun fact. I was watching this documentary. I'll talk about it later, but it was watching. It was, they showed um, a a clip from Wonder Woman, the TV show with, um, with Linda Carter. And she is talking to a police officer back in the 40s i guess at the time and what's your name wonder woman oh so it's first name wonder last name woman so it's it's a thing with dc apparently (laughs) they say and what does your husband think about that oh that's bad stuff i don't like it i don't like it but anyway someone who will never uh be held down by the patriarchy is our top news correspondent madam webb at 123 years young down at the corner of hollywood and vine with all the latest scoops she's waiting for us so let's go now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. As Charlie referenced, Madam Webb, you would not relinquish your name. So you have uh, essentially made every man and everyone you've married, because obviously you've expanded your horizons to anyone you can victimize uh, through Lord. marriage in every state of the union. Uh, they will all be Webb. So if you meet a, a person last name Webb, they probably, unfortunately, are now stuck with that name because of Madam Webb. Uh, so, you know, give them their con- your condolences. Even after divorce, she doesn't let that Man. name leave snagged in the web oh my gosh all right so what do we got up top so um what we're hearing is essentially the warning bell is out across all workers in the entertainment industry 
outside of just even film and TV, it's also going to video games and other industries, animation. And that's what this is about. Warner Brothers Cartoon Network production workers are petitioning to unionize uh, amid the Hollywood strikes. Um, Warner Brothers animation, uh, if you think about Adult Swim, all those other things that are part of it, uh, that uh, and also fuel Cartoon Network. I believe Williams Studio, which was part of Adult Swim, they just left their studios. I don't know if that's by choice, downsizing or whatever, but they've had a very strong animation department and they've been great. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a point, the there was a petition and 66 staff members signed it at Warner Brothers and 22 from Cartoon Network. Uh, this includes digital production assistants, production managers, production coordinators, senior assistant production managers, including things that they make, Harley Quinn, Teen Titans Go, Adventure Time, Fiona, Fiona and Cake. So, um, and the Animation Guild is uh, calling this out as a triumph and a need to move forward, especially now with um, essentially workers' rights are at risk. And anyone who says unions are not necessary anymore, uh, that's what everyone would like to believe. But backsliding, taking away uh, wages, healthcare yep. Yep. is never a good thing. So, uh, with this, um, we are hearing about other agencies within. Um, uh, voice talent. We're hearing about this in video games. Um, am I, and I, and I know there's other areas within, uh, that might be represented in other areas by, uh, the teamsters, things like that, like, uh, makeup artists, uh, production designers, things like that. So I'm not sure if this covers everything, but, um, with that, um, I mean, Kay, you come from a creative background. That is your livelihood and that's what you do. Um, so what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, within even yourself, your own experiences. And, and what do you feel about, you know, is this, is do you think going the right direction? think this is going to happen? Oh, absolutely. I say the more unions we can get in this area, the better, just because when you have a CEO making 500 times their amount of the lowest paid worker, like Disgusting. you can't tell me that the Warner Brothers CEO does 500 times the work than their lowest paid employee. In fact, I would imagine that they probably do a lot less. A whole lot less. Um, And there's this kind of facade in the creative fields of, well, because you like drawing or you like being creative, then that means I don't have to pay you for it because you're enjoying it. And so this idea that... Jesus. (laughs) Right. Well, I have literally... You're lucky to be in the the industry. I have had people literally walk up to me when they find out that I'm an artist and they'll be like, oh, well, you can draw me. And I'm like, why would I draw you? And they're like, well, you like to do it. So just draw me. (laughs) The idea of them them paying me for it seems absolutely absurd because they're like, well, you're going to be drawing anyway, so why not draw me? I, and, I, I, I like eating, but you know, I, I do imagine right. that I have to pay doesn't for mean it. I'm going to cook a meal for you. Oh, great. oh, cool. Draw me so, like a French girl. Is that what right. they're essentially doing? Yeah, essentially. Oh so the idea or that I would just give them something that I have created because I created it. So it should be like, there's this entitlement that to the creative field and to creative people. Um, and it really is, been taken advantage of for too long. I mean, the, there's an entire joke of, you know, I'll pay you with experience. Well, experience doesn't pay rent. So pay me in real money. And there shouldn't be an idea that if you hate your job, you deserve to be paid. And if you like your job, you don't. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I should have been paid so much more for all those jobs I hated. If you hate your job, you should quit. If you uh, do something that you're talented at and enjoy, you should be compensated for it regardless. Right. Well, and if, if, and no one should hate their job. And if you hate your job or if the environment is so bad that it makes you hate your job, then that's a problem, again, with the corporation or with the higher ups making a really toxic place to work. Right. 
I, I love the phrase that, well, I have to put up with this or I have, I'm like, so you want it? Other people, yeah. I mean, I, you want I a better experience? Oh, yeah, right, I paid yeah. my dues. That, that It's the internal yeah, right. frat hazing idea of, well, I had to go through this. So we'll just, you know, continue on this shared trauma. Right. Exactly. We should all be miserable because that's just the way it is. Fantastic. Raising rising tides, lower all boats. No, everybody, if everybody's doing better, that's good for everyone. It's mental health. You want people to go in these professions. I mean, it's so weird that people so undervalue artists and uh, creatives that they don't they, they, if it goes away, then what are you going to do? Look up, read PowerPoint presentations for fun and enjoyment. Watch well, it. Awesome. Even PowerPoint presentations take a lot of creativity oh, to make yes. a good PowerPoint presentation. This is true. Yeah, you artistry. have to know the elements yeah. of design to be able to do that. Right. Absolutely. So, if you've ever seen my my PowerPoints, you know that's absolutely true because they're horrible. <laughs> and they're the basics. My transition star wipe. <laughs> I would say, Todd, I, I've I've seen your attempts to bring Madam Web herself to life, and uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was my son. My son was helping me put oh. the Madam Puppet on. It was, it was horrible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, this, I mean, this, uh, this union goes without saying, you know, it's like, you know, let, let's just restate the obvious over and over again. Um, it, uh, it, it just goes to serve the more people that get in line that are lining up against, you know, evil and tyranny uh, to, to be particularly hyperbolic in this sense, but I'm not really wrong when you have the studio saying, well, we'll just starve them out. And when they start losing their houses, then they'll come back to the table. Oh, wouldn't be caught dead saying something like that. It's absolutely no. And I think that the, um, the production studios are really misjudging how the, uh, people are going to back because I mean, we're almost three months into the writer's strike at this point. And I have yet to see one line of, support wavering for them because there's so much content that we can consume in so many ways that we can find things to do because there's so much content out there that we don't need new shows. Yeah. We're we're going to be Yeah. I'd rather, you know what? Fine. You're not going to make a new, you know, Star Trek show right now. That's fine. I'll go. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Absolutely right. That's just the thing. I mean, you know what? There are, there are almost 60 years of Star Trek stuff that came before, you know, 900 hours of content, novels, books, whatever. Same thing for Mm -hmm. Star Wars, uh, Marvel comics, DC comics, you name it. I would love to know that Strange New World Season 3 isn't going to be delayed, but if I have to wait two years to make sure that everyone's paid fairly or, you know, three years or whatever, hell yes, absolutely. I'm 100% behind that. We'll still be here. And we'll continue to subscribe to those streamers so that those people have a job to go back to. That's what I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean, how long was it between Voyager and Discovery? Or, no, Enterprise and Discovery. I mean, Uh, 12 years. years. Everybody's experienced a drought uh, in in the things they've loved and we'll be fine and we'll rediscover things we lost or missed along the way and we'll be okay. Mm. It will be back. All right. Well, let's... uh, uh, we we maintain our strength uh, resolutely, and it's funny we we go on to talk about uh, more content. We're just like this will be great when it comes out on blah 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 if it comes out on blah blah blah. But uh, the next thing up, Todd, this is one that you and I love: Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Uh, first look images, poster, so and weird. release date uh, uh, sent by Paramount Plus. Um, so is it yes? The Pet Cemetery. They actually oh they gave us some actual pets. Yes, um, it's a prequel to Pet Cemetery, 
It has Pam Greer in it. It has. Um, is, it, is that what, what uh, what's his name? Uh, Thomas, the kid from E.T. That's the kid from E.T. Yes, it is. And uh, there's other people. But basically, this is about kind of talking about how Pet Cemetery existed. <gasps> It was it was there because it was an Indian burial ground, right? That's what it's all about. So obviously, it existed before Fred Gwynn showed up. This is actually about a young Fred Gwynn, which is kind of hilarious. You know, the old man that says sometimes that is better. That is better. Judd Crandall, uh, you know, we all remember him. Yes. So uh, this is going to be happening, and um, it's very interesting and david duchovny is in this yes oh my goodness i did see duchovny on the picket line with a great sign that said the residuals are out there way to go <laughs> hank moody i love it hank, I love moody. It, love it. hank moody no come on he's, older charlie he's, he, I, he's hank moody to me i love that damn show really but anyway you're the, yeah. probably the only person that's ever said that yes it's like no, me I, saying patrick stewart i love you in american dad <laughs> I was I was gonna you know what you, you see the, the, there's the, I'm not comparing the two I just happen to happen to love Californication but anyway this is great uh, and it will someday be produced and it will be on Paramount Plus and the when is, uh, no it's imagery. coming out October sixth it's, it's a real show it's oh my god movie. yes it's a real movie October sixth yes. well gotcha well I will share this with April because she will be thrown April uh, my wife of course is a huge 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 Stephen King fan um, I I even like the uh, the Pet Cemetery remake that came out a couple of years ago with uh, what's his butt who was just in he was in Oppenheimer he was the the guy who was running the interrogation he was the star oh of that okay. Time. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Judd, okay. Cr- Judd Crandall was um, John Lithgow. Ah, very nice. So, Kay, uh, where are you on your horror journey? I know we've talked about this. You were on yes. a kick. Is it still going? <laughs> it is. Um, we uh, just watched uh, One Cut of the Dead, I think it was, which was a, it was like a all one take. Um, I think it was a Japanese horror movie, which was very, oh very good. It was very funny. Um, but I'm going to be honest, I have zero interest in pet cemetery just cause I don't want to see zombie pets. That's just sad to me. That's not cute. <laughs> it, it ended up being essentially kind of a small part of the film because really the crux of the film was, you know, a toddler got ran over and then, and he came back to life and killed If everybody. a cat can come back from the dead, so can my child and it'll go fine. I mean, and right. the cat, the, it wasn't really a big deal with the cat. The kid was more of a problem. So yeah, but know. this isn't really like, even if I like, as I get more into horror, I don't think this would be one that would be on the top of my list. Fair, um, fair. Just it, just because it doesn't seem like there's a lot to like, it seems like it's gonna be fun, and I, you know, no shame to anyone who wants to watch it because it seems like good dumb fun. <laughs> Ooh, Todd, right up your alley. Yeah, good I, I'm guessing no one learns mistakes because obviously no. no one learned mistake in the sequel when you know Judd said sometimes dead is better. So you know, right? Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, always, yeah. Your <laughs> lesson is yeah. always, always listen to the grizzly old man. No doubt about it. So October, October, we'll be watching this on Paramount Plus. Okay, we got a full trailer for the latest uh, Poirot adventure. I was trying to say, how do you describe the franchise? Doesn't it have a name? It's, it's Hercule Poirot, Agatha Christie's. You know, Agatha <laughs> I just when I was describing to April, I said, "Oh, there's another." Murder on the Orient Express movie. I don't know, because the other one was Trouble on the Nile or something, and this was Haunting of Venice. So, um, But yeah, this trailer looks absolutely fantastic. More of a supernatural bent than the other ones. We've loved the other ones. I think we've seen them both in the theater and, and maybe have seen them more than once. But uh, we're getting a killer cast, Tina Fey. 
uh, Michelle Yeoh. Um, who are some of the other faces we saw in here? I don't I don't have the trailer up in front of me, even though I did watch Jamie it. Dornan, uh, yep. Jude Hill, Emma Lard, Kel- Kelly Riley, Ricardo Scaramarico, and that's about it. Michelle Yeoh, though, she plays a medium, uh, and this is based on Agatha Christie's novel, Halloween Party. Hercule Perot is a favorite of mine, uh, yes. masterpiece on PBS. There's like a billion episodes with David <laughs> uh, Suchet, uh, who is British but plays you know, Belgian with a little mustache. So it's, just, it. <laughs> it's a favorite of yours. It was this like something that was on when you were growing up and your mother loved it. Or do you watch it now? <laughs> no, no. My, uh, you know, my, my wife, Christina, uh, is, was a huge fan of it. And we just started watching it and some are shorter, some are longer and it's just great. And masterpiece. If you've watched on PBS, the opening is amazing. Edward Gorey does the, the, the art for it. And it's, it's, it's really wonderful. So it's a great mood, but masterpiece where, um, is wonderful. Where, PBS. Where do, those, where do those, where, uh, where do those stream at though i mean is there primarily P- there's a pbs app you can get oh. but i think it may be elsewhere maybe bbc okay. america as well they're great gotcha very good cool very exciting so this comes out in uh september 15th so it's before the spooky season but could be seen as a kind of a kickoff so um Kay, what do you think i mean this is more suspense there was a than horror. lot going on in that trailer yeah there was a lot i was like oh okay it's like a like kind of a Sherlock, you know, figure out the con man thing. Oh no, okay, it's a fancy horror movie. Oh, it's a murder who done it movie. So I just I don't know where it's gonna land because there's just right. a lot going on in that trailer. Yeah, yeah. There's only one way to. I mean, the other two films have been exceptional. Um, so mm-hmm. one one will just certainly hope that uh, obviously there's there's a framework of of yeah. in essence of the same creatives. But I'm interested to see Tina Fey in a horror movie. I said I the mean, same thing. Very outside thing, yeah. her wheelhouse. So I think that's really cool for her. Big time, yeah. No, it's good to see someone someone in the comedic world kind of spreads, uh, kind of stretch their wings and and do something new. So, yeah, I'm down. Um, cool, good deal. Todd, your thoughts? You like um, them? Can't You're wait. I, I love murder mysteries. It's one of my favorite genres of all time. I will watch as many as they make, as long as they're yeah. good. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Awesome. All right. Well, I hear there was a little indie comic con going on uh, in California this past weekend. Todd, what can you tell us? Well, um, more was shown than I thought, um, and that was cool. Uh, primarily, um, no actors were there promoting things. It was primarily the studios, and they did have weird ways to do so, kind of like Disney is promoting Haunted Mansion, but with characters from the Haunted Mansion amusement park ride. It's very weird. They're not right. talking to people. They're just showing up. Same thing here. Um, but we are getting some, a lot of animation was announced, which is very cool. One of the things I've been waiting for is Invincible Season 2, which oh, now yeah. is coming out in November. But they did shadow drop, and that's kind of a theme. Uh, they did shadow drop a solo episode about one of the characters, Adam Eve. So it was a solo affair about her as a uh, character. I haven't watched it yet, but it's out now. So I really want to see it because I loved Invincible. Great comic, great animated series. Um, uh, let's see what else we've got a new walking dead game. There's so much walking dead that I don't even know uh, if yeah. this is interesting to anyone. It's a social say, deception. It, seems game. Like it was just kind of the, the con of spinoffs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The kind of spinoffs that can be talked about by, you know, studio suits. Cause those are the only people who could attend. Well, we got the Daryl Dixon trailer. Did anybody right. see that? I did, yeah. That and uh, the Rick and Michonne is now going to be called "Those Who Live," which is a line from early in the, or, or I, I think in season three, something that Rick said. One one of Rick's great lines. Um, so those are great. Daryl Dixon, we're getting that 
before the end of the year, I thought. I love it. It's like Emily in Paris. It's it's Daryl yeah. in Paris. Yeah, yeah. It's well, yeah. It's it's Daryl, and he's he's in a monastery and has to rescue a kid or something. So, it, very standard fare. Very uh, much Last of Us vibes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Honestly, we got to go with what works. Uh, okay, yes. this is right. This is right up your alley. Harley Quinn season four next. Yes. To, uh, oh no, no, in a couple of days. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, excited for that. I was excited for um, Adventure Time Fiona and Cake. Um, you know, is that a might, is that a one shot a series? Um, I think it might be a like a mini series. I haven't actually heard a lot about it. I was just like Fiona and Cake, hell yeah, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just watch it in whatever content it comes out in. Um, nice, but we I gotta, mean, even that's still a spinoff of an original series. So I feel absolutely. like it's kind of just in that same vein where they're just kind of rechewing right. the meals that they've already given us. And mm. as much as I love some of it, I'm still like okay. Can, yeah. Yeah. Can you please take some more risks? Can you please like again right. let your writers write? Let your writers come up with something and do not hamstring them into being like, well, because this made money, now we're gonna make it 40 more times in 40 different ways. Oh, so well, like The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, like the Walking about. Dead. Yeah, exactly. well, how, how do you feel about Justice League taking on Godzilla and King Kong? Because they announced that book. <laughs> of course. No, that sounds I mean, that at least is a terrific. little bit more classic comic hygiene. Sure. Like, of course, sure. Am I going to read it? Absolutely not. Why? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's a like Borderlands. A very, oh. Yeah. Oh, I was saying, that was just very scraping bottom of the barrel. It felt like. <laughs> Big time. Com- comics, you got to just do whatever. You know, mm-hmm. taking out a big right. monster, why not? It's all yeah. cyclical. Yeah, very yeah, much so. We are getting a Borderlands film. This is a, based on a video game. The cast is just ridiculous because it's everybody in the sun. And the, the funny is, um, Kate, um, I'm blanking on her name, Gladriel. Kate Winslow, uh, not Kate Winslow, uh, Kate, uh, uh, I know that wasn't she the ancient one. No, that's Tilda Swinton. No, no, that's Tilda Swinton. Uh, uh but she was, uh, she was Oscar the villainess winner. in Indiana Jones. There you go. Correct. Yes. I yeah. can't, I can't remember her name, but an Oscar winner in Borderlands, a movie where it's supposed to apocalypse and they kill a whole bunch of mutants. So very, weird. Very. It's a paycheck movie. Apparently Kevin Hart's in this one too. So, you know, your mileage may vary. So that's going to come out next year. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, yeah, this is kind of funny because secret invasion is coming to Hulu. We knew that uh, Miss Marvel is coming to ABC. This is all about synergize. Yeah. Also right. making that content from Disney plus work because right. they want more hey, people watching it. That's that's yeah. That let me, let me dig into the bag here. Oh, here we go. They're just, they're sprinkling them. Here you go. Throw it on our other networks or whatever. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, it's something near and dear to my heart. Spider-Man two is getting a custom console for the PS five. It looks beautiful. And nice. because if, if you're a current owner of a PS five and you don't want to spend all that money, there are all the side plates. You can buy oh, those nice. separately. That's so cool. it's, 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 it's very cool. Old separately. Maybe that'll get me over the hump then of finally getting one. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we do have, and we'll talk about this more on code 47, which we're recording after this, uh, that we did get, uh, three different nice Star Trek teases, uh, season four of Lord X, which we get in September, a great musical episode of strange new worlds, which we will have here, uh, in probably about two weeks and help me out. What's the third thing? Discover five, uh, five minute clip of Star Trek discovery, which we're still hoping to see uh, in February. Star oh, Trek. Really? Okay. Yeah. Very good. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we did get that Marvel's trailer uh, yes. that came yeah. out. Um, and I'm trying to remember what, you know, what the big new beats of it. Cause we get the original 
Um, right. We got more explanation of why things are happening. There was a villain who is obviously Cree, kind of looks like Ronan with with the hammer. Other than that, am I missing something that was a big uh, reveal? I mean, that seems pretty. I mean, we already knew about oh the the cruxes. They're all joined in energy, and when mm-hmm. when one does one, they switch places and blah blah. And that's the whole crux of it. There's a lot of footage that we got from before, like you know uh, Goose, uh, you know uh, eating a bunch of stuff, and Kamala's next to goes, oh my god. That was the one that made me laugh. Um, but that was from the first trailer. But yeah, you get your kind of like, oh, you took everything from me, the Cree villain who hates um who hates Brie Larson. Uh, Brie Larson. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we we will find we will find out in November. So yeah. Um, and we got not that we'll not that we'll run through it, but t- tons of product reveals everything from the Star Wars to the G.I. Joe to the Marvel Legends and you know stuff that I'd like. So I'm um, G.I. Joe had for me from Hasbro had the don't tell Patrick had the nicest output of new stuff. They really had, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Star Wars, okay. I, I, I want you guys to keep trying. Um, yeah. But uh, no, no, there's and, and a couple of cool new things from Marvel as well. Yeah. Anyway. This there was one comic announcement I thought was just. Okay, okay, you want okay, you want something new? Here we go. Andy Sandberg and Joe Truman yeah. are making a comic book, but this is what yes. it's about. Holy is called Holy Roller, and it's the comic is a bowling ball wielding vigilante who fends off neo Nazis that evaded his his hometown. I'm into 100%, it. One hundred percent. I am there. I will to, definitely be reading to, that. To quote Patton, stop drilling, you've struck oil. That exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you ever saw the movie Mystery Men, there was a character called the Boulder that was oh, yeah. played by Janine Gruffalo. Oh, my God. It was the spirit of her dead dad on a bowling ball, and I've always wanted a skull bowling ball. I have, haven't seen that movie in 25 years. What a classic. Dane Cook. <laughs> Ooh, Dane, what the hell is Dane Cook doing these days? Is he, is he, is he still alive? Nobody knows. Nobody <laughs> knows. I, I will say the, the, the thing that surprised me the most, there is a Mortal Kombat animated movie coming out, and it's starring Johnny Cage. And you're like, okay, what is that? And usually those movies are bad. But Johnny Cage is kind of like the, the, the jerk, you know, douchebag guy. Joel McHale is voicing him and it actually is damn funny. It's oh my God. it's self-deprecating. And I'm like, is that Joel McHale? And it looks hilarious. And it's R-rated too. It's like, oh my God. So um that was a surprise nice. for me. Good deal. Well, speaking of R-rated, before moving along, uh, I've been bummed out. We uh it's been a year and a half since we saw the end of the boys and hoping there was gonna be another season. Kay, are, have you have you watched the boys over on Amazon Prime? Um, no, I do not. I have not watched that just because it is very violent. Oh, yes. Oh, beyond, beyond, beyond be anything I've that. ever seen. Beyond <laughs> the, anything the I could even imagine. Yeah. And then the, the spinoff, the animated spinoff, which I think is hilarious because I like how they ape things. That is even more violent because it's, you know, it's easier to animate things right. because right. your budget's exactly. the same. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't think I've ever watched those, Todd, so I'll have to jump oh, on that. Oh, they but, are ridiculous. But we are but, getting an X-Men style spinoff called Gen V. Uh, spinning, of course, house of the fantastic comic and made-for-TV Fox movie Gen X in the 90s, starring Bumper Robinson. And was it Finola Hughes? She was a classic. Correct. Um, but yes, we watched this trailer, and it is... Uh, this is like... It's not. It's like a magenta band. It's so red. It's reverse red. What's more red than red? Did I go backwards and saying magenta? Is that less red? I kind of went backwards. You kind of okay. went backwards. I mean, there's, what, red is a primary color, so you like can't amber, really get more red crimson? than red. Crimson or amber or crimson? Crim- Crimson is very vibrant. 
deep red. How about, um, how about, again, how, red is a primary color. You can't get more red than red. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking of burnt umbra, like the, like the crayon. Right G biv. You can only go to right G biv. Right G more, more orange. Yes. Uh, okay. Oh, you're right. There. Okay. Burnt so orange. Umbra. I don't know. I mean, burnt. if you really just, if you want to challenge my, uh, no, my color theory. No here, challenge. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just knocking it okay, through. But anyway. I, you've got a color wheel somewhere hidden behind okay. you. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all up here, baby. Uh, yeah, all up there here. you go. It's I paid way too much for that art degree to have to use right. a physical color wheel. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, she's so full of those colors. Look at her hair. Come on. The way, she doesn't even get it dyed. She just goes. Yep. I just, it just materializes. Will it into existence. Oh, now the entire pink section of my color wheel is gone because oh, I yeah. had to put it in my hair. When you change it back, yeah. does it swap out? It does. Yeah. It swaps oh, okay. out. Oh, that's she absorbs anyway. color. So that thing that she took the pink from is now gray. It's kind of sad. Oh, oh yeah. that is that is case true mutant ability. Well, hopefully you don't end up in That'd this be really great actually <laughs> in this show because uh, this is bad. We have we have puppet mutilation. We have a guy putting a putting his fist through somebody's mouth and so much blood, 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 blood. Yeah, uh, and we're getting we're getting this in September. I mean. Todd, you and I love this show, so I know we're going to be watching it. April and I have we liked it so much we watched it through more than once. But yeah, the original show has uh, it has Jack Quaid, of course, from Lower Decks. It has Carl Urban, you know, from Star Trek films. Um, but it's just it's absolutely gruesome, and th- yeah. this this looks much 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 worse. Yeah, um, I, I, I like the fact that it's got a pretty decent cast. Patrick Schwarzenegger, uh, Schwarzenegger's son, who doesn't look anything like him, uh, is in this. Uh, Sean Patrick Thomas, you know, played in Young Indiana Jones. Right, uh, Clancy, Clancy Brown. Brown. Clancy Brown's a legend. Gotta love that yeah. guy. Um, and yes, a lot. And then a young, a very good young cast, which I'm very excited about. Even uh, though one of the the young students is actually was in Sabrina the Teenage or. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the Netflix series, oh, yeah, was yeah. the I uncle like for Sabrina. He was great, and I love it. And I don't even know what his real accent is. In the show, he had a, a, a British accent. This one, he is like essentially an American accent. But um, this is essentially set in high school, essentially an academy for young powered individuals. So right. it's a side we haven't seen before. And right. with you know, when college kids get into stuff. Things get weird. I mean, I love the magicians, and that was essentially Harry Potter and you know graduate school, and things right. got weird there. Right. And sex, drugs, and magic, sex, drugs, and superpowers. Nothing I, will go well. I, I'm sure it couldn't hold a candle just the the carnage of this. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, September 29 over on Prime Video. So wait for it. All right. Well, that is it for the news, Todd. Time to get out that feeble Uber app, the Fuber app. It's time to get down to Skugtown, Nastyville. The Geek Easy awaits where we enjoy talking about what we're digging. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So, Kay, you're all in the Apple TV Plus. I am. We just got that. So um, that's where I've been consuming content. Uh, so I have been going through the After Party season one, and I just finished up the first season of Silo, which was very great. Loved mm, both of them. Obviously, nice. two very, very different shows. You know, one's about being trapped in an under, essentially an underground bunker in some sort of post-apocalyptic area. My and favorite. And the other one is a fun, campy murder mystery where you break down each character's motive and alibi in a season or in an episode. So 
So um, will, will they be putting them together in one big show? I think because so. I think there I'm is going to be a crossover for um, season two slash three of the After Party slash Silo. So is that where the, is that where the is that where the reun- next reunion is in the Silo? The After <laughs> Party yeah, the next in the Silo is in the Silo. Yeah. Oh my god! Yep. I'm it's into, after yeah. Silo. Let's do after it. Silo. After Silo, <laughs> like after Mash. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, and I, honestly, I didn't hear about the After Party. Until season two came out, and it was one of the advertisements that came across Apple TV. Um, and I will say, Apple TV is terrible at cataloging their uh, content because I feel like everything is labeled comedy just because I think they, they realize comedy is in right now. Because um, I think they have like the uh, Dickens show is labeled as a comedy. There's Another one that's like a very dry dramedy type of deal that was labeled as I'm like none of these are comedies, dude. But the after party is a legit comedy. So Silo, Silo, Silo must be a comedy. It's funny yeah. about the labeling because they've already got you. You know, just right. get to scrolling. Like, why you don't? Why, 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 do it right. Be genuine with what it is because I will know if I like it or not. If I don't like it, I'm going to stop watching it halfway through the first episode, and then I'm just yeah. going to turn it off and go to a different streaming service because I'm pissed at you. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what these stream. It's it's too inside based trying to label some of this stuff but yeah yeah it's, i very i very much want to check out that silo because post-apocalyptic stuff that's my april it's I love very very good stuff. it's yeah i think you will very much enjoy it. it's kind of conspiracy theory you know and there's a couple neat twists and turns to it neat. Um, along yeah. with the you know classic kind of apocalypse what's going on type of deal right nice it's, based, it's it. based upon a series of books which i believe actually a lot of them are short stories kind of like world war z i guess in a way i guess maybe i that's what i've heard Nice. Yeah, I know that it was based off of books because um, Aaron had read the books before he watched Silo, um, and he said that he actually enjoyed the television show a little bit more than oh, the books. That's, what, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's kind of a rare thing, but that's what I think he was saying. Yeah, Ilsa from Mission Impossible is the lead yeah, actress yeah, in Rick Ferguson. Yeah, and the after party just has a killer's role of awesome and just crazy people, which is fantastic. Oh, yes. Nice. Yes, I will say the one the one kind of spoiler that I will give is um, uh, J- John Ralphio, the guy who plays John oh, Ralphio in Parks and Rec. He has an episode, and um, it's kind of a musical episode because Ooh, <laughs> he's an I've... aspiring musician, and it is my favorite episode thus far. It is there is just some absolute bops in it. It's great. <laughs> Music makes everything better, Charlie. Oh my gosh! Well, we'll find out with the lower decks in a couple of weeks. All right, Todd, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to just cover off because we'll talk about Oppenheimer really quick together because Charlie, you and I have saw it. Obviously, it'll be spoiler free, um, but Super Powered, the DC story part one of three is out on HBO Max or Max, I guess we're calling it now. Yes. Um, I, You know me, Charlie. I love a good kind of documentary biopic type of thing where they bring in creators, uh, newsies, they bring in uh, celebrities. Yes, news. Hey, get them yeah. papers. They brought in a guy from Den of Geek. So it was really cool. Um, I, I liked how they did this, but basically it's retelling the story of DC Comics, which was very cool. And normally it'd be like, oh, is this like, is this like self-congratulatory? No, they got into some really cool stuff. Like they actually talked about how DC got lazy when Marvel came around. And they said they they didn't realize that they should really capitalize on telling more complex stories. Um, they dealt with the fact that DC kind of struggled when Warner Communications like acquired them because they only wanted the rights to make a Superman movie. Uh, they they kind of talked about how finally they covered Bob Kane finally gave uh, Bill Finger his 
his um the finger oh sorry whoops no, his credit for his credit for actually being a, a prime part of creating batman for a long time Kane had all of the rights and all those things very similar to stan lee how stan yeah, lee, lee Kirby, essentially yeah. has erased everybody else's legacy and he, he tells good things about him but he's like he didn't help them get anything from it so um mm-hmm. i like they because the stan lee uh um episode just came on disney plus that series one and yeah. it was definitely whitewashed it was Big like time. oh stan lee is the Big greatest thing since gandhi and we know yeah. it's not true. Um, so I like that, that it covered, you know, and this one was really talking about the the emerging uh, emergence of DC that covered on Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and The Flash were the primaries, which was great because they did talk about like Wonder Woman's origins. Uh, they talked about uh, the, the creator and, you know, with Wonder Woman, what he did and his, and, and people didn't really take him seriously because he had obviously his, you know, he had an open marriage and all these things. And they were like, are you doing this because you want to just, you know, spread the word about open marriage. Like, no, I want to, I want to come out, you know, the masculinity has been dominating comics. I want to create a strong woman. And, and there's some, so I like the, they covered a lot of these yeah. things and, and it, it was neat. There's three parts. So essentially the second part is going to get how they move into media. They did cover Batman 66 a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, but it really, the next one's about film, which is, I like, so I like these, nice. I think it's fun. It's an hour long each. So if you watch this, um, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I, it's a very, it very intending. I would it. say um, if you want to know more about Wonder Woman's origin and uh, history, The Secret History of Wonder Woman is an amazing book to read okay. and really yeah. goes into um, his life and even like his wife and Olivia, who was his other Muse. wife slash yes. mistress. Yeah. Um, and kind of goes into all of that. So I know um, that very, uh, very good book. I know that the film that was made from that, the Wonder, Wonder Woman was highly, highly dramatized. Yes, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, even just a butt from the framework. So, um, well, cool, good deal. All right. Well, I'll round us down. I, uh, you know, my my frequent frequent trips. I usually I have my little travel Roku. I plug it in the TV in the hotel, and I usually turn on YouTube first. Well, they've been dropping episodes of the old GI Joe cartoon in front of me because they're mm-hmm. all they're they're all on YouTube. Um, they have you one- and GI Joe. I know. That's you crazy. Would think, I didn't here. know you liked GI Joe. There, there's GI Joe. There's some GI Joe behind me. See that there's Sky Striker. Yes, I like GI Joe. Um, but anyway, we all grew up. Thank know, you, Kate, for doing that. Yes, <laughs> um, But I, I have managed to just let a few of them play while I've been sitting there, and I, I, I'm staggered by just how problematic the show Wait, is. Wait, it's not better ending. than you remember, Charlie? Wait, what? A military show in the '80s wasn't problem or was problematic. <gasps> that's not. I don't even, think that's the color me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not the problem. Yeah, the the uh, you know industrial military complex is not the problem. It is the <laughs> it is the okay. Rampant, no wait, Charlie. It's always the problem. That's okay, always the problem. <laughs> it's always a problem, but this is worse. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yes. we'll move on to what I'm talking about was the absolutely rampant stereotypes you know because we had we had a martial artist guy who was asian we had a tracker who was a native american uh and then you know i was watching this one episode where uh they're going to control these guys by kidnapping members of their family so uh quick kick was the name of the martial arts guy he's home he's home in his parents grocery store and they go to kidnap his parents and they both know karate but they don't know karate good enough or you know and then uh spirit is the native american guy and of course he goes home and you know there's there's something 
ritualistic Wait, going on there. his name is Spirit? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. No. And, and, and his eagle's name, Freedom. Yes. <laughs> no. It was, yes. No. It was worse in the comics, which are uh, written by Larry Hama, who created the whole deal. He didn't write the cartoons. He was Spirit Iron Knife, so he had an even more stereotypically racist name. And so, Larry yeah. Hama is an Asian American, too. Exactly. So it's not a white guy doing it, but still, yeah. he was a vet, you know. But, yeah. but again, yeah. yeah, he was a Vietnam vet. And his, his the comic series is is great. It's filled with a lot of military accuracies based on his own experiences. The cartoon is stuff. not. The cartoon so, is Charlie, absolutely I'm just going to tell you, there's a, there's a reason why I don't like watch stuff like Transformers, Beast Wars, or like the old Zoids cartoon or something, um, because I know it's going to be absolute dog shit. I know that. <laughs> My 12-year-old self <laughs> cannot handle no. The fact that it's going to be don't go shit. home. You can't go home again. I don't watch those. Error, I just don't. Error. I remember. I remember the beauty in my mind and think about how amazing that it little is. movie. That little movie playing on a reel. And then, and then, you know what? If I ever think, I'm like, gosh, I would. I wonder how that's like. I'd love to re- revisit those plot points. I go, no, okay, that's a bad idea. You don't want to ruin that to your childhood. You don't want to take your little twelve year old self and bring them out into the cold light Random of day. You desk. want to protect them. It's it's like that great old expression about uh, getting back with an old girlfriend. He says, "Walk to your refrigerator, open it up, take in a take a gallon of milk that is curdled, and chug it, and see if it tastes better." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, same thing. Yeah, it was fine when it was milk. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. it's not milk no more. But yes, so yeah, stay away from the '80s uh, GI Joe Sunbow cartoon. There's your PSA. Is All there right. anything you've ever watched when that you loved as a kid that's been better than you remembered? Better. I would say maybe Super Friends is at least kind of watchable. What? Watchable. Watchable? But it's not. I I think it just gets worse. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Okay, that that one's... That's modern. That's, that's modern. It's, it's modern, probably twenty modern. years old now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 I was like, post-modern. I was, I think, like early mid teens when that came out. Yeah. So I would, yeah. I would say well, that that one counts. When yeah. we're talking old, you know, that Sunbow cartoon came out in nineteen eighty five. Dear, that's when you were born. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I would say anything past like ninety. I think anything yeah, past no. like ninety five is almost more like more mature, and they were, but anything like. Yeah, it was cartoons actually for kids. All right, let's move on. Let's move on from this PSA, and we'll talk uh, spoiler free about Oppenheimer, the little movie that could (laughs) Barbieheimer, which we're what we're going to continue to talk about that. So, uh, Todd, you're the more the uh, eloquent historian type. Give us thirty seconds on Oppenheimer. Um, Oppenheimer is a great snapshot in time and actually it's multiple time periods you see this movie set in three time periods essentially um the recruitment of oppenheimer to create the atomic bomb uh the manhattan project he's from new york so that's part of why it was called that in los alamos he is a kid he grew up and he he wanted to live in new mexico that was part of his upbringing that's why they landed there he uh was as a teen or sorry as a student he um suffered some some anxiety and, and different things at one time even and this is i don't i don't want to give us spoilers about some of the things that happened this is all based on the book uh prometheus american prometheus right. which is great and they do they do cover um like i said this time creating the atomic bomb of the team in los alamos doing that where he was basically the project manager 
before that. Then they go forward to the time when uh, Oppenheimer is essentially on trial, uh, or not trial, it's a secret tribunal to right. renew his security clearance. And then it goes forward to another period of time where um, uh, basically you get a, an official trying to be brought on to be a cabinet member of the Secretary of uh, Treasury Right. And with uh, Robert Downey Jr., who is that right. creator. So those are the three time periods. And and it's funny, they do something interesting. It, it is in black and white. That is not from Oppenheimer's viewpoint. Right. Yeah, the POV is all, uh, that's Oppenheimer's POV is all in color. And then the rest of it is not. So it's literally like you're seeing it from his eyes, though it's not, you know. Even as, even the, even though it's the most modern part of the film, which I which I think exactly. can be a little confusing to people, right. um, and and they do a great job of dealing with um, kind of and a lot of people said this movie is like it's people in a room for the majority of the film. There's right. very little action outside, and the atomic bomb is a secondary part of the story. And I would say if people are hearing about how intense this movie is, it's not because there's graphic imagery. It's not because there is there's a little bit of nudity. I will say that spoilers. Uh, But other than that, it's the intensity of the visuals and the audio. Right. It is. Todd, did you did you get did you you end up with the whole IMAX experience? That was not important to me. I didn't do that. Uh, I did see an IMAX because that was the big thing about you know Christopher Nolan makes he makes choices based on how people he wants people to see the film. So I did see an IMAX because I want the biggest screen in front of me. It's great. And Charlie, you actually in Grand Rapids and K, you probably know this too. um, Grand Rapids is one of the two theaters in the country at celebrations. They have a real IMAX seventy millimeter, which Mm -hmm. if you could see it. Why didn't you? Because that is a it, it's a visual feast. I mean, it's it's why you see film, not just why you don't watch it on your TV. I like the reclining seats and then I can take a nap. Yeah, so. the IMAX is not because <laughs> the IMAX doesn't, three hours yeah. long. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, I don't really want to sit up right for three hours long. That feels like being in school. But yeah, I, I you're don't right, know. Without yeah. a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. But yeah. It's a captivating film and, you know, again, no spoilers per se, but uh, a perfect example of how no matter what you do. And the end of it, the man is going to get you. And it was just, we were walking out of it in April, was just saying, it's just very sad. He loved the science. He was excited about the science, but they were never going to not build a bomb to drop, you know, to drop over Japan. And ultimately that was not, that's not who he was. Uh, That was, that was not what was in his heart. So that was, that was, it was very sad, but it was very, very well-made film. I think it cleared 82 million uh, domestic over the weekend, um, which is about half as much as the film that we're going to talk about in a moment here. Like, Barbie did like 115, just uh, no, no, one, one, 182. Yeah, 162. Yeah, 162. Yeah, and I was going to say, it's, it's impressive to get people to see a movie about the making an atomic bomb, a serious film, three right. hours, to get that many people to go see it versus a light comedy, fun, a property, you know, I think that's pretty impressive considering right. if we talk about the dumbing of America and we're just going to only see like Fast and Furious, I think that's impressive. And Which is, uh, which is great yeah. since that film was a failure this summer. So you know, maybe maybe there's hope after all. <laughs> God almighty. I, I think I was challenged to watch those movies and I still like, 
those, those movies after seeing so many, I'm like, I just can't watch them. It's like my, my, my brain is being drawn out because they're not even that great action yeah. sequences. That still drives me nuts. You're, like, you're, I say you're, the cars are cool. You watch them for the cars. That's literally the only right. reason. But I can see, them. I can watch cars elsewhere though. Yeah, just watch they're, they're, exactly. they're just not, they're Vin just Diesel makes it so much game. worse. Oh, yeah. oh, no God in 60 seconds, still way better than any of the Fast and Furious Oh, movies. the Italian job. Yeah. The I mean, Italian there's so job, many yeah. bullets. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, What's it called? The Baby Driver. Love that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Anyway, Oppenheimer playing in theaters now. So go and, and go see it in IMAX. Uh, like Todd. And there are no pop songs in Oppenheimer. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. There was no, it didn't end with a. With hey, a are you. Excuse me. Are you digging on Ken's. No, 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 no. I that was fantastic. No, it's a Mario Brother movie. It's like Take On Me. Well, oh, yeah. Take On Me and the Mario movie. It just. <laughs> You know, okay, that stretch. is fair. That is a no, fair yeah. critique. What would be a, what would be a great pop song for Oppenheimer besides the obvious? It's the end of the world as we know it. No, yeah, you dropped a bomb on me. I say, I think was it Tool? Here comes the bomb. Here comes the bomb. Could be oh, bombs over Baghdad from from Outcast. Yeah, there you go. Oh my gosh! You know what, friends? If that was the Oppenheimer soundtrack, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go see it. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, friends, uh, hit us up on hit us up on Discord or Twitter or X, (laughs) and let us know uh, at Secret Friends you what your what your favorite pop culture references for Oppenheimer should be. But with that, uh, we have. Brought the geek easy to a close. Time to skip out on the bill. Pretty sure they spit in our food. Got to get out there, Qantas app. Uh, Hologram Tina and the mutants do await us down in the Thunderdome where we'll throw another shrimp on the Barbie. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. The mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week we're talking about Barbie, the movie. The phenomena, the, Barbarino. the better half of the Barbenheimer, as Charlie would say, because you know <laughs> yeah. what? You know, we love marketing phenomena that I'm sure no one created and didn't make a real thing. So right. buy Absolutely all the shirts. Not. Yes, I have a friend who's actually bought one of the shirts that are divided and uh, wearing it and is in New York right now. So there we I go. Gotta say- I think that honestly, the best marketing for Oppenheimer was the fact that Barbie was coming out at the same time because there yes. was such a backlash to Barbie and people were like, no, see an actual like Emmy, like real thinker movie. And people tra- and people charge that 200,000 yeah. 200, people estimated saw these films on the same day. Now, yes. we, we did Saturday, Sunday, but yeah, some people went, I've spent days at the theater, dead of winter, go see two movies back to back. I get that. But in the dead of summer, I mean, it has to be something special. And yeah, I, well, I, this I, is I, a whiplash of two movies. I mean, yeah, this is exactly. like, you know, open face, who's your daddy type of slaps across the face, different movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, but, wait, wait, let's pimp, pimp slap, bitch slap, pimp slap, bitch slap. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you got funny, it. funny story, though. Talking to my mom yesterday. Oh, mom, I saw barbie uh you should check it out there's a barbie movie <laughs> i'm like what it's like you, see this? you know what if my dad didn't see it as a promotional spot on paramount plus or hear it hear about it on wjr it didn't happen well she told me she's reading <laughs> so she's she told me she's reading more so i'm like that's a good thing mom i'm glad yeah, but you should still go that. see the movie yeah have fun right yeah yeah 
Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this Barbie movie. I will tell you the fun facts of this film. Uh, Greta Gerwig, who is an Oscar winner, has made many indie cool movies, was an actress as well in many movies yep. as well. Yep. I forgot what like her first movie appearance was like. She, I think she was in like a horror film or something like that. So she's got cred. Um, and it's kind of crazy because people are like, there's a backlash. Oh, she's selling. I'm like, no, she's she's having a good time and she's enjoying a big budget. You know what? Act, right. Directors want money uh, to yeah, make yeah. cool stuff. Um, she wrote this with her spouse, Noah Bombach, which is pretty cool. I mean, I only think of like two spouse couples that do really good work together. And that would be um, also um, I'm blanking on her name um, was in Gold, hey, uh, hey. Amy Mann, Amy Mann and Sean Penn or Sean Penn's, uh, 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 no, Michael Penn? Sean Penn's never been a good, uh, <laughs> Sean Penn. Oh, Penn. Penn. Melissa McCarthy Michael and her Penn. husband, Melissa oh, McCarthy and her husband. Yes. 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 They're great. They're great. Yeah. Uh, together I, as a couple. And yeah. they were in, of course, in bridesmaids together was the big bear sandwich. You want your big yeah. bear sandwich. Yeah. That's what they're, they're, they're great. Um, and then this was starring Margot Robbie, Robbie, uh, Ryan Gosling, America Ferrera, Kate McKinnon, Michael Sarah, Ariana Greenblatt, Simu Liu, Issa Rae, Rhea Perlman and Will Ferrell. Um, some of those might be spoilers if you've not seen those. By the way, they're spoilers, folks. Right. <laughs> yes. well, Honestly, we, I would say at this point, if you've gone to the Thunderdome to listen to this, yeah. and you haven't seen the Barbie movie. Yeah. Why are you listening to us right now? Pause it. Go watch the Barbie movie and I mean, then yes. come back. Yeah, add exactly. To that, add to that $162 million domestic opening. Shell out a couple of Yes, do yes. it. I want yes. this to be, and of course, Todd in our summer movie channel uh, challenge, uh, John and I both picked this for movie number eight, and then this film is your dark horse. So, uh, Charlie, yes. I, I we'll get the same amount of points because you guys, yeah, it's going to go so much higher that you get the same amount of points I do. So it's it's a win for me because I, I, like I, I couldn't pick this film because I'm like, it's either going to do ridiculously well or right. people will, it won't perform because it's been overhyped and doesn't perform. Right. But uh, uh, I will say, you should yeah. have asked me, I could have told you that it was going to do really, really, really well. I, I was hoping. I mean, I just don't know if some people get get yeah. it, though, right? That's all. I think that was definitely an issue. Is any woman who it. ever, any femme presenting individual or any person who ever had a Barbie was going to go watch this movie just because they wanted to make sure it beat Oppenheimer. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. yes. April, April was a very big Barbie person as a child. Uh, she's a quasi Barbie person. She has, she has Barbies in her office. Uh, we, we left this movie and drove across the street to Meyer K. You know, the spot there, you know, at Nap and Beltline mm -hmm. where the theater is, we bought a cup. There was a buy one, uh, get one half off Barbie special. We came home with what? a couple of Barbies. Yeah. Go now. Hey, I didn't you know get, that. You only get half oh. a Barbie. Yeah. Half, you only Barbie. Get half the Barbie. You, I did. I, yeah, you bottom? have to choose. You have to well, bring no, your own you hacksaw. Yeah, free you can also hexa. pick if you just want the accessories. Like that can also be half. Yes, uh, there's okay. a, there there is an ex there were accessory pay. But yeah, we ended let's up. Let's be real, Barbie. Half of it is the accessories. We ended up with a Barbie with a kayak and then a Barbie mermaid. Those are in April. I am literally going to Meyer's website yeah. right now so Good. I can buy Barbies. <laughs> nice, nice. But yes, so, multitask, multitask. So um, Helen Mirren narrated this as well, which is very cool that we have a narrator, which is Amazing. very added added some context, which is great. Oh, great. Um, and uh, the movie, the good thing about this, which is so good, I love this hearing this. The budget wasn't ridiculously high; it was like one hundred and forty-five million dollars. It's made a three hundred fifty-five, three hundred fifty-six million over, you know, overall domestic global. or a global, yeah. which is great because you want this to perform um, well everywhere. And I can give you the perspective of my wife, who grew up in the Philippines. 
kids overseas can't afford these things. Barbies, my wife did never had a Barbie. And then she, when she finally came to the States as a teen, which was kind of she aged out, she was kind of excited to still get one because she would see the commercials in the Philippines of this and it was there. So and it was funny. I was listening to another podcast about a woman in India growing up and she wanted one, but it was like so expensive they couldn't afford it either, which is kind of kind of crazy. So it's interesting yeah. how, you know, knowing who this appeals to and who it's for myself i had an older sister she had the donnie and marie barbies which i thought was just hilarious <laughs> nice. Inf- inflatable furniture which i thought was a very odd wait, wait, decision. Hold, on a, hold on a sec Kay, do you know who donnie and marie is i, I that, that is kind of a reference that's i know it's a reference and i have heard it but i don't know the dolls specifically i'm a little bit country todd sing with me you're a trifle bit rock and roll they had no? purple jumpsuits with pink and everything it was just really yes. weird that they did yes. yes no i know which ones you're talking about now yes. i know which ones yeah. you're talking about more, yes. they were yeah. mormon yeah. brother and sister from utah they were yes. from a singing family like they were they were the diametrically opposed to the jackson five in that time period and todd you're bringing up a really great point which is the stories that have been coming out about like how Barbie has influenced different people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I had a conversation with a woman who was shaving the side of my head about like her first Barbie and my first Barbie when she saw oh. my hair. Cause you know, uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, my hair is currently neon pink. I specifically dyed it to watch the Barbie movie. Yes, I am that person. Yes. But like for me, Barbies were too expensive for me growing up because I grew up in a very rural place. And so a lot of my Barbies were the weird Barbies because I got them from yard sales, I never really got a full out of the box. Yeah, I never got a really out of the box Barbie because that wasn't something that we could afford. So all of my Barbies came like in these mismatched kind of kits in like Ziploc bags. What, of like, randomness. The, like the Kate McKinnon Barbie, weird Barbie. Yes. Oh, yes. Kate McKinnon, that was my favorite Barbie. Just, yes. you know, spoilers. She was my played favorite with Barbie. Barbie by what they call the the hard played Barbie, because that's what they called yes. it. Yeah, yeah. She was open, the, there was the splits. She was stuck in the splits all the every, time. She move. Every person, every kid had an overplayed Barbie. Every kid had a Kate McKinnon. I can guarantee it. Just like, every, <laughs> just like every boy had a GI Joe, they buried in their backyard. Yeah, yes. or, well, with the old GI Joe, you had the O ring that snapped. My brother oh. and I did a lot where you took a regular rubber band, you had to unscrew the back and and do it. So, and then they just they had no cohesiveness, so they were just wobbling around. So but yeah, that does bring because I was thinking about this earlier and the fact that I was going to be having this conversation with the two of you. I was trying to figure out: is there a boys' toy that's kind of the equivalent of Barbie? Was it GI Joe, or was there something that He-Man. kind of like cemented yeah. themselves? It was, that was like an iconic yeah. brand across like several well, generations. GI Joe was an iconic brand across several generations. He Man really, as Todd to Todd's point, was really more central to the early 1980s. Yeah. But GI Joe started in the 60s, had a revamp in the 70s became a three and three quarter inch with that terrible cartoon in the early to late and then into the early nineties, then went away. And then it's kind of lingered ever since, but yeah, I, maybe I, transformers would be the one. Cause transformers yeah. has so many okay. entries, maybe teenage Mutant Ninja turtles now or yeah, power rangers Ninja, would be the yeah. equivalent. So, the but at the time, one. yeah, Barbie was evergreen and started it all off. If we didn't have yeah. Barbie, we wouldn't have GI Joe. And well, I would and- recommend everybody watching the toys that made us the yeah. special about Barbie, because uh, there was a joke about, being Barbie being launched in Japan. She never did. She came from Ruth Handler, saw a doll from right. overseas and launched in the US. And she is right. a phenomenal part of this movie. Well, uh, mm-hmm. back back on the prior, let's not forget what really created the actual action figure market was Star Wars in 1978. You know, 
it, from Kenner. Todd, your favorite. Your your uh, your. Well, I mean, in all fairness, Kenner. Barbie was from 1959. Oh yeah, correct. No, no, I'm talking about the the little little figures. The, oh, the small okay. the, Because but, it was it was the 70s. It was the energy crisis. So plastic was too expensive. So make the figures little. Yeah, Barbie, GI Joe, the the tall 12 inch. Yeah. Uh, and then it. yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely Barbie. And then Barbie persevered because you didn't get like Barbie 12 inch or a uh, two inch, or you didn't get Barbie a suburban commando. You didn't get yeah, those. Right. You get, yeah, she she's uh, always been she's 12 inches, right? Oh, that's mm-hmm. that sounds dirty. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, right, guys, it. I'm just going to head out. I'm just okay, gonna... fair. That's OK. I understand. Oh. Uh, I can mute Charlie, by the way. OK, uh, oh, maybe, we sh- maybe we should just like warn him with a mute button. But we just mute him. But we still see his picture and he's trying to talk and he doesn't know he's muted. That'd be the best part. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Or like uh, like, uh, you know, our friend uh, Joe Moran, who who has the bleeping, he, he does it to himself. Oh. Joe's got a great. Thing. So, so I, I think we can put this in context on this because we we've, we've kind of positioned from pros and cons to just like our thoughts about the movie itself. Obviously, this has a big context of, of what this movie means for so many because you can see this and people are seeing this with, with groups. I saw and it was funny in Oppenheimer. I saw people dressed up in suits, which was such a weird like there was. A again, weird I dudes. think that they were doing that yeah. because of Barbie, because they knew that women like literally going to be dying their hair to go see oh, there was a woman though with box. oppenheimer wearing a suit yeah. and doing the same thing too so it was kind of neat to wow. see yeah. you know i mean we we both wore pink i broke out a pink shirt april was wearing a pink dress 100%, or something yes oh yes gotta be i, I could yeah. use a, a couple pieces of pink my wife said that but i'm so light <laughs> pink makes me look pink, i don't know i don't know if it helps pink. me or not okay I'm i am i am pasty af and i am rocking yeah. neon pink hair right now do it yeah, we're pretty we're pretty, we're pretty uh melatonin less yeah. or i guess Let's is the best term pink. okay okay you are pink. absolute okay. gem in the holograms over there i'm very impressed i, I like pink. Though. i like pink <laughs> I, it's a good cool yeah. i like i like those bright colors so very yeah. cool so um we're getting into the movie so uh this movie i think a lot of people didn't know what to expect i mean that was the right. big thing like, is this is this going to be a brady bunch type of self you know kind of like tongue-in-cheek are they in a different time period and they're out of place and this movie they they kind of and I love this because it reminds me of like the Lego movie. They just knew what they were doing. Barbie mm-hmm. Land was a place that where Barbies yeah. existed. There were all Barbies and every Barbie was a thing. And then we had Ken's that showed up and they had their own existence. But then we had the real world, which they were aware of the real world. And in the right. real world, you had the uh, Mattel executives that. I don't even know what the relationship was. It's the weird part. Like that's the one part I'm like, I don't get it, but I'm okay with that. I absolutely adore the Lego movie to this connection of Will Ferrell, president business, the terrible. Will Ferrell was a fantastic choice. Yes. Uh, El Segundo, California, as I talked about last episode is the world headquarters of Mattel. That's where April and I, cause our hotel was next door when we were in LA, they had a story. I told the story about the hot wheels, people in knife fighting each other in the aisle. Yeah, it's crazy, but rows and rows, but you can get Barbies right for you. Get, it right from the fire hose uh, there at Mattel World Headquarters. Tons of Barbies. Yeah. So, so Kay, in, in regards to like the, the the construct of this movie, um, I think everybody just said, "Let's just go with it." Do you think that was the right approach? Well, and I think that there was an expectation that we were going to get some sort of like bubblegum feminism or like that pink, you know, like a cupcake type feminism where it was going to be, you know, delicious and rich and you know, f- with the pink frosting and the sparkles and the sprinkles. And that's what you're going to get. And we definitely did get that with this movie. 
And, you know, it's kind of indicative of what Barbie is on the surface. But the great thing with this movie is that you also got really amazing commentary about other aspects of Mm -hmm, social, mm -hmm. the social constructs of the feminine and masculine, especially like with Ken, there was an entire storyline with Ken and how he brought like quote unquote patriarchy back to Barbie land. Horses. It's all horses. And it's, you know, but the thing is, it was very much this Western stereotype of like the uh-huh. 1970s and that big, burly, like, you know, Marlboro Western man. cowboy. Yeah. The Marlboro so Man. You saw all of this, but you also got to see how the patriarchy damages everyone and how it's harmful to everyone who's involved because all that did was hurt all of the Kens and all of their relationships with the Barbies. Right. And it just basically destroyed their entire civilization as we know it you know, quote unquote, with the Barbie land. Right. Well, it, it was a civilization. Yeah, it turned it on its ear. My very favorite part is in the inevitable comeuppance when the Barbies resumed power. You know, the, there's a Ken attempting to negotiate with the president. Uh, can we have a Ken on the Supreme Court? Oh, no, we're not going to do that. May, maybe one of the lower courts. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yes. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. It was, yeah. A, it well, was it, a, yeah. Oh, I say it's a lot of tongue in cheek of showing like, kind of switching the the narrative of being like yeah guys this is what it's like this is this is what happens when like you know we're sitting there looking at the supreme court and people are being like whoa you want two women or you know three women on the supreme court like come on my god and you know and you have that great quote from Ruth Bader Ginsburg where she was saying you know when is when is there enough women at the supreme court and she said when there's all of them when all of them are women because Word. we've had all men and there was never a question of it so why would there be a question if it's all women yeah, men men who see this movie, and there'll be some women too, need to have thick skin. If you are so worried about like being offended, you know what? You just gotta dig back and say, you know what? Let's just get into this because some 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 in sense they were just like they weren't even veiling it. It was like an America Ferreira's uh, oh, yeah. diatribe, um, and I loved her. I thought she was amazing in this movie yeah, because yeah. she brought a sense, and she's she's amazing, and she brought a sense of like struggling with like the reality of her life. And what she wants her daughter to come into. And sometimes she didn't have all the answers. She wasn't a super mom. She was a mom. And she taught, carried that. And I love that. And, and I think it's hearing those things is really important for everybody here. And accept. Not challenge. And not because you don't like it. It's reality. And it's the truth for so many. And, and I well, appreciate that. And it showed what... It showed the struggle of like what a lot of, you know, femme presenting individuals have, which is, you know, that struggle of like, because we're supposed to be the perfect mom, but we're also supposed to be sexy, but we're not supposed to be too sexy because then we're home moms. And, you know, and that's a conversation that has happened in a lot of like kind of feminist movies where you see that like conversation of like, oh, it's really hard to be a woman because there's all of these contradictions. But at the same time, while that's going on, you have this duality of, you know, the stereotypical Barbie played by Margot Robbie trying to figure out how to not be a doll and what that means. So as she's going through this and realizing that she's just an accessory and you have this kind of play out with the Kens of the Barbies literally being an accessory to their lives because they literally did not care which Barbie they had. And you see that because the Barbies literally played that against them as they're like, okay, well wait, pretend like you don't know what Photoshop is. Pretend like you've never seen the Godfather. Those Kens were more than happy to ditch their Barbies if it meant that they got to feel some sort of fulfillment and self-importance. Then once those Barbies stopped being accessories and reclaimed their agency and they decided which Kens they wanted to go see and switch it up, 
that's when the violence happened. That's when the aggression happens. And that's when they re- like literally go to war with one another, which again, then underlines like how the patriarchy hurts men because they're not able to express themselves. They're not able to have these conversations and have emotional intelligence. I think that's a good point because yeah. it, they were, it was the upside. Like the Kens were essentially, where do you go? I don't know. You go somewhere. It's, it's always ladies night or this like that. Yeah. And that has felt the upside. It's dudes night. It's, it's, you know, this is our place. So I like that conundrum. And then, you know, we did get the, she did apologize. Cause you realized, Oh, I realized that we didn't, you know, understand you. We didn't accept you. So I think that was a great that they, they dealt with it. Like, yeah, sometimes we did, we took you for granted too. So I like that, that composition of like, how does it feel when the shoe is yeah. on the other foot? I liked it for right. both sides. Yeah. And they did it in such a way where Ken ended up being like Ryan Gosling's character ended up being incredibly complex because he both played the role that a lot of women have dealt with, which is that friend zone guy where he mm. wants more and you can't give him more. And you're trying to just be his friend. And you see those times where he has this temper tantrum because he's like, well, you don't love me. And what am I supposed to do? And you have to go and be like, okay, well, I'm really sorry. And you have to like nurse him through this, like basically adult temper tantrum because you, that's what you're supposed to do. And so Barbie has to help him through that. But at the same time, they also use him as this foil to be like, yeah, guys, this is what it's like. This is what it's like when Barbie goes, I don't really know where the Kens go. Why would that be an issue for me? Why would I care? Because that's what happens because Ken at that point is an accessory to Barbie's life. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, So um, in regards to the way the dynamic is handled, um, I thought they did some great things with just embracing it's a, it's, it's a, toy in the world like how did they get to the real world they put them on the jet ski they put them yes <laughs> the snowmobile the boat and they're wearing Very different clothes and, 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 and the call outs yeah. where do we get these clothes what's happening with this i just love the car mm-hmm. and driving the fact that it went like three miles an hour and one song closer i am to find for the yeah. ladies and i wanna push you around <laughs> Ken takes over <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> And, and yeah, and anytime there's a shock, the car flips over and lands on the side of the road. And the poof of and, animation, which was great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the and, poof uh, glitter animation. Yeah, <laughs> I, did, I did love Michael Sarah as Alan, who, and again, every character oh, that God, you saw yes. was based on a real Barbie. And that's what Todd, this link that you gave us with all the Easter eggs and details. You know, you've got poor Midge. I thought we discontinued her. Um, I mm-hmm. did love Alan when they're finally looking. Um, to escape, but they end up turning around. Alan is in the back seat, and they oh, the sh- they flip. But then he gets out, and and I was listening to a podcast today. The guys building the wall were just building it straight up. Yeah, let's say figure out how to do sideways. We're screwed. Then Alan gets out, and he's just kung fu fighting. The she beats all of them up. Right, but again, that also shows that like the feminine energy or you know the emotional intelligence isn't restricted to just the Barbies because Alan yeah. is with them one hundred percent of the Absolutely. time. He's right. there to help and support, and he and knows he wants what's to going leave. on. Yeah, right. yeah, because right. he well, and he doesn't want to be part of the patriarchy. He's like, this is horrible. This is awful. Right. The way that they're trying to treat everybody, and I don't want to be a part of it. Right. It was uh, wow, and it's it's incredible because rarely do you find particularly, you know, in this, again, bubblegum world of people who love the Fast and Furious and whatever it is for moviegoers at all, that we embrace something that is that is so layered, so complicated. Yeah. And, uh, and and look at the result. You give people quality and they're going to explode all over it. They're going to gobble it up. So well, I, 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 I'm just, just I, I'm, I'm titillated to see how big this movie is going to get in the theater. And that's and part of it is I think the part of the reason why it did so well is because like I said, I think everybody was kind of expecting that like bubblegum feminism of like, you know, Oh, girl power. Yay. 
But having so many layers and nuances to it is really what's helping push it over that edge. Yeah. And like, I just keep thinking, I'm like, it's kind of like the pink starburst of movies where it's juicy, it's rewarding, it's fulfilling, and it's just an absolute delight. And you're super excited when you get one. My God, I, is that, that the is that the rare is that the rare Starburst? <laughs> That's the rare, everybody fights over the pink Starburst. What are you talking about? Oh my God. I couldn't remember. I, I just I I thought it was like the ones where it's like everything tastes the same. I couldn't remember if Starburst was like no man. I, I didn't no, know the pink Starburst is the best. Okay. I didn't know they actually do they actually have goo in them. I don't know. That's no, no 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 no. They're just juicy and chewy. Me, me, metaphorically juicy. Is it Smarties that yeah. all taste the same then? Yeah, pretty much Must Smarties be. all taste Okay, just yeah. sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, in, in this movie, in Helen Mirren does a narration, which is great, because some of the things she says is like, even oh she's like, after being, like, hearing this message from um, Margot Robbie is a little bit, oh, might have been a bad decision. Oh, that, well, and that, it was so, Hooting and hollering in the theaters. That was Oh, my so God. Bad. It's so amazing, because I have seen so many times where you have this amazingly beautiful actress sitting there going, I don't feel beautiful. I don't feel, uh, and I'm just uh, like, uh, okay. Uh, I get it. I, I get what you're trying to say, but you also have someone who's like literally like a the Hollywood most beautiful star, woman on earth. Yeah, yeah exactly. telling me this. And so the fact that as she's saying this, and I'm thinking, okay, yes, I'm relating to what you're saying, but it's really weird coming out of your mouth to have Helen Mirren being like, note to the casting directors <laughs> to have this come across. Having you know, having it come uh, from Margot Robbie is probably not the best idea. And I was like, that's the that, yes. that's not a good choice. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and I know we need to wrap up, but I, I think um, the ending of the movie was a uh, joy, where you mm-hmm. had Barbie going through her choice of where she wanted to end. And the very end of the movie, there was no end credits or anything. But what her choice was at the end was just like I didn't know where they were going. I thought I knew where they were going, and where they right. ended, I'm like, that is amazing because I don't know what magic they're doing. Because she makes a point: we don't have vaginas and we don't have penises. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> perhaps her transition into the real world. Uh, well, she became a real girl like Moho Pinocchio. Or became yeah, exactly. a real yeah. Right. Well, and just the idea of the fact that, again, Barbie as the accessory. And really, I don't honestly know if Mattel realized that this was a, a, a real critique on them because we were sold. I remember as a little girl being sold this idea that like Barbie was going to solve everything. They were literally commodifying women's issues into a doll to be like no 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 just buy her toy and then it'll fix everything yeah and so to have barbie go from the accessory to being like no i want to have my own agency i just want to be seen as a person and that to me was one of the most powerful things because so often women are looked at as the accessory to the guy's life because we're not there they don't want us there as the person we're just there to fill a slot and it doesn't really matter who's there just as long as that status is filled. So to have Barbie be like, no, 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 we're more than that. I'm more than that. I want to be able to make memories. I want to be able to feel things and be a part of something was really, really powerful for me. Yeah. You don't, you, and it was like, you don't have to be exceptional. I didn't have to be an astronaut to feel like I had value. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. All right. Well, I hate to be the one to wrap it up. But we got to wrap it up. So yeah, you got to uh, wrap it up because otherwise, I mean, I could talk about Barbie. I've literally hey, been. Ta- I saw it last night, and I've literally been talking yeah. about nothing but with all of my friends since. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to do a super special extra Barbie cast just for Kay. All right, now, <laughs> uh, we'll go best movie ever, worst movie ever, best best movie ever for me. That's so oh, random. I know. Yeah, I know. That's such a weird thing, Charlie. From the podcast, this is ten out of ten. Kennergy for me. Yeah. 
Um, I will just say I am Ken enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm Ken <laughs> I enough. I'm Ken enough. You can get it from Mattel. Sixty bucks. I'm not doing it. Oh damn! No, <laughs> I know. I'll get, I know. I'll get something off of Etsy. I want to knock off. Yeah. I'm not giving Mattel that money. Why did they make this movie? Money. Money. Mm-hmm. All right, friends. Barbie is playing in theaters currently. Go see it. Go see it in IMAX. I don't know. Do they put it out in IMAX? It'd be great if they did. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if they did or not. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. Uh, Kay, thank you for joining. I mean, Kay's one of our stars. She's barely joining us. She's part of the family. But where do they find you out there, Kay? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Quintessential Geek. And then you can find me on Twitter at QTGeek. That's Q underscore T Geek. And uh, yeah, I might answer you. I don't go on social media a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be completely honest. I think I have Twitter notifications on, though. So, you know, hit there me up. Know. I think I'll see it. <laughs> Good happen if you want to talk more about Barbie. Todd, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at, which is formerly Twitter X there at T Oxtra, but I'm trying to get more on threads. I know it's a little weirder at this point. Threads doesn't support gifts, Charlie. Sorry. Um, so it's kind of like your wheelhouse. It also doesn't have DMing. It's lacking some things and also puts you right in the threshold of, Oh, I'm got to look at Beyonce's posts. I don't care about Beyonce or like anyone with a three, three million followers. We get all of your information, so it's great. Exactly. Yeah, so, it. so that's so that's a hard time. But I, I do want to have a place to reach out to new people. So follow mm-hmm. me there. Threads. Uh, Secret Friends Unite has a Threads uh, location as well as Instagram. So yep. reach us out because we want to find new people to talk to and new geeks to geek out with. But other than that, that's where we're at. So check us out there. Absolutely. And of course, our Discord is also another great place to find us if you're listening to the sound of our voice. But I am over on X slash Twitter at the C3. Go ahead and spell it out. Uh, my lovely wife, April, and I, and Kay as a member as well, do run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is one of the largest chapters of Starfleet, the international Star Trek fan club in the world. I also actually run Region 13. That is Michigan and Eastern Canada. If you're a Trekker, within the sound of my voice, would like to meet other Trekkers and dance, just like my partners are doing right now. Uh, visit our website, drop us a DM, and we can help you out with that. Todd's doing the sprinkler. With that, uh, I hate to bring this dance party to an end, but I'm going to tell you uh, that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. And wherever you go, go boldly. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.